Previously on Vengeance. The roads to the north are plagued with raiders. You find yourselves at the mouth of a uh, small cave. It's mostly a big kitchen. Over at a desk with a large book and an abacus, you see a uh, human man wearing some finery, like a nice uh, doublet and a hat with a uh, feather in it. Who are you? Ah, uh, you're messing with Ariel Stickney. Ah, that household name. Uh, and you hear some movement from down in the pit. So I am cool. going to go up and like attack with my arm, I guess. I'm not really sure. <laughs> You wield your arm and it's it's just like you hit him apart or something like exploding <laughs> goblin fist technique. <laughs> I'm going to contemplate what is the most chivalrous thing I could do. Glance down the hole and then leap up and try to land on the creature climbing up the Shit. hole. Like, All right, that's that's going big. Oh, shrap hurt. <laughs> From my perch up on that ledge, I'm gonna try and eldritch blast the rack of goblin weapons. So not only do you knock it over, but it comes apart. Did you see that? I'm going to ready the javelin. A one. I rolled a one. All right, so the javelin glances off one of the uh, goblin's armor and uh, hits Gibetto. I never liked the boss anyway. And whacks at this column, uh, <gasps> which which collapses and releases the barrels rolling. And uh, Stickney is decidedly crushed beneath <laughs> these barrels. Oh, like, oh, quick, quick. Oh. We really went out of our way not to kill that guy. I'd like to admit what they were doing and serve a meal. Wow. A one! <laughs> oh no. One point of poison damage, which I believe is enough to knock Hemo out. It is. It is. Oh. Knocked, out, knocked out by Suka's poor cooking. <laughs> I would like to give uh, Palfrey a point of inspiration for yeah. diving into the ogre pit with the pike. Uh, Absolutely. And, and, and the subsequent flip landing uh, <laughs> from when he was thrown by the ogre. I thought that was a very Palfrey-ish thing to do, it seems to me. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, technically we have an unconscious but stable Gibetto and we have a dying Hemo, and you guys are, like, sitting there with plates of poisonous food on the edge of this ogre pit. Uh, what do you do? Gibetto does nothing. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna throw my food down into the pit. It's like off my lap. Um, could, could someone remind me how far away we are from the nearest town or settlement? It's like three hours. Okay. Yeah, there was a, a smaller town very near to where you are. Like because the raiders have been coming from so nearby, that town is all but abandoned. Um, so yeah, the the, the um, Occam, the, the main town, is about two or three hours walk away. Okay. Um, if I were to make a, a medicine check, could that accomplish anything? Yeah, so you could you could definitely stabilize Hemo that way. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to ask after last time, do you have to have a healer's kit to heal somebody, to stabilize somebody? Um, I think I would bring that into the mix if there was like a particularly grievous wound. Hmm. Um, I think in this case, like you could make him throw up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah. Yes, I can. <laughs> Twenty-two. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So Hemo is stabilized. Gibetto is stabilized. Um, I will remind you that uh, you did find two potions of healing at the end of uh, the battle. Yes. But if they're stable, for now, you know, we shove it down their throat later. We get into trouble. Um, I want to go inspect the. We passed a cart, right, when we came into this room? Mm-hmm. Like, we were fighting. I want to go inspect that cart and see if we could potentially use it to 
cart all these dead bodies back. <laughs> sure. Um, it was covered in several boxes, which, uh, assuming you take the time to open them, uh, are filled with woolen tunics and cloaks. Okay. But the cart itself is just a kind of standard four-wheeler flat-bedded thing with uh, two, like, shoulder-strap-style kind of harnesses hanging off the front of it. Okay. I'd like to start unloading the boxes. Sure. I'd also like to uh, look and see if there's, like, a woolen cloak in the boxes as I'm going through that looks cool. Like, I might want it. Uh, imagine it, like, the basics rack. <laughs> like, t-shirts okay. or something. Like, these are, like, standard kind of one-size-fits-all tunics of different colors. So you could, you know, name your color, you've got it, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, just a black one. It's fine. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I just want to unload boxes so we can put the bodies on there. Cool. And I would, I don't know, like, if we're doing that ongoing while other things are happening, but when I put the opponent dead guy on there, Stickney, uh, I want to cover his body with one of the cloaks because I don't want to ride back into town with, like, this prominent merchant just dead in a cart. Yeah, and and he met his demise under a big stack of barrels, so he's looking a little rough as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He, he might not be recognizable, but it is recognizable that he was... Uh, murdered very badly, so. Yeah. So, <laughs> I might be able to clean him up a little bit. Oh, hey. yeah. That's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm into that. That sounds great. I would like to go and explore the kitchen. Um, I'm a little bit incredulous that I made a meal so terrible. Um, so I want to, like, check out everything that I, that, that I use to prepare the meal and see if anything seems unusual. Sure. Um, yeah, so I'll assume you'll take the time to give it a, a thorough once-over. Um, you know, it's mostly regular old edible things, but you do find that uh, in amongst the seasonings on the counter, there's a set of, uh, maybe you mistook to be salt, but it's uh, labeled in sort of a scrawled, uh, perhaps goblinish handwriting, Newt's Nodes. <laughs> that may have had something to do with it. Okay. I would like to let the party know what I what I have accidentally done. Well, I mean, I guess that explains a lot. I don't really know you yet, so I don't know if you're a good cook, actually. But sure, we'll go with that. I'll uh, <laughs> It'll just get better from here. I now know what to look for. <laughs> um, while I'm unloading boxes, I want to ask if somebody else can go search, because uh, he was sitting at a desk, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. I want somebody to go search that if they can. There are just the three of you who are awake in this room. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go do that. Is there more we can do to help? Yeah, so at this point they're stabilized, so any sort of healing spell or healing potion or anything that would have someone gain hit points, as soon as they hit one hit point, they're awake. Which okay. healing spells are the thing that I do. Uh -huh. <laughs> this is cool. Unfortunate. Um, if Palfrey is checking out the desk, there's a big ledger with just lots of uh, transactions written out. Um, really nothing suspect. It seems uh, seems like the only crooked thing about this operation was just the fact that they were stealing all their raw materials from innocent people on the road. <laughs> but otherwise, it's just, you know, well-kept books and uh, records and that kind of thing. Okay. I will relay this information to the party as if it is like some kind of crucial revelation. <laughs> thing is like these people were keeping like relatively responsible books. <laughs> Excellent. Glad to hear they were only a little bit criminal. I, I think I can, I might be able to help our two unconscious people. I do have 
an herbalism kit and proficiency in medicine. So I'm not sure what all I can do with that. Yeah, I mean, you could probably make some sort of uh, tincture or distillation. I don't know. I mean, you got a whole kitchen and you got an herbalism kit. I think you could whip up something. Yeah, I'll, 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 whip, I'll whip something up. Uh, and I, I have put the new nodes in a cabinet in the back so that I don't get confused again. Good. <laughs> Good move. Well, why don't you make a uh, medicine check with advantage because you've so thoroughly surveyed the equipment you're working with advantage. Okay. Yeah. That would be a 20. Cool. Uh, yeah. So why don't you roll a D six? All right. That would be a four. Okay. Hemo and Gebetto, uh, both spring to life, uh, not spring to life, but you know, wake up, uh, and yeah. regain four hit points each. Excellent. Uh, as, as I stand up, I, I have a strong skepticism on my face. Uh, I know I feel better at the moment, but I did just eat that something that uh, Suku gave me, so I'm kind of like pausing, waiting for uh, a negative effect. <laughs> it's okay. I, I learned what it was. Sure. <laughs> sure. I have uh, a very important question. When Gebetta went down, did he fall to his back or did he fall into his face? Uh, he fell on his face. Perfect. I'm going to flop over like a starfish and just without making any attempt to sit up, just say, everything hurts and I'm not sure I like any of you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe that happens like as Magnus is lifting you onto this cart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like the bodyguard style carrying him. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, you, you all are up and can walk and can behave as conscious people do. Jibetta would like to go over and look at... You just hop off the cart after yeah. I put you on it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to hop off the cart and kind of stumble a little bit, still catching my legs, and uh, I would like to go check out the weapons rack that the goblins were scrambling for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it's in shambles, but I want to see what was in it. Mm -hmm. uh, it was full of goblin weapons. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> the rest of us are laughing because this happened at the beginning of our last campaign and Danielle's <laughs> character carried around these goblin weapons for the entire campaign <laughs> used them very opportunistically at the end <laughs> uh, given Gebetto's discerning eye for craftsmanship he would uh, readily uh, see these as uh, shit weapons <laughs> well I'm incredibly glad that all of this is worth it. I hope you guys are happy. Are we all happy? I'm incredibly happy. <laughs> um, I will say, since since you all took hits and some of you only just woke up, we can call this a short rest if you want to use some of your hit die to recover hit points. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, so what are you guys doing? Well, we should probably... We should report, yeah. Mosey on back to town. So... I'll, I can hold the cart if someone else wants to help. Uh, I'll help. Okay, great. Let's do it. So, Sergio and Pimlin, uh, standing guard at the mouth of the cave, hear a, the sound of a creaking cart, and the uh, half-orc and uh, elf monk uh, emerge, pulling a cart with a smushed, gross-looking, feather-capped uh, merchantman lying on it. <laughs> Covered in a rag, or a cloak. A cloak. <laughs> He's shrouded. 
I'll like dramatically like I'm trying to like pull a tablecloth out from under dishes, like pull the clothes off him and be like, here's our guy. <laughs> he looks rough. He was a rough guy. <laughs> and also barrels were involved. Is there anything you can do to help? I think I can tidy this up a little bit. So so Chris, do you have a vision for how um Sergio's like mortuary skills would be manifest mechanically in the game? No, I have no idea. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> hmm. You know, I think we could play it like it is a performance of sorts. Yeah. Right? Okay. It's like you, you have your tools of the trade, but really it's an art more than a science. Yeah, makes sense. Alrighty. So uh, performance is charisma. Mm-hmm. I have a plus one to that. Uh, so I rolled a 12. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you do a decent job. I guess does uh, does Sergio have like a, a pocket kit of of mortuary tools? <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> so I shudder to think what's included in that, but uh... <laughs> you know, uh, some makeups and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. maybe some putty. <laughs> but you know, the putty, or, or maybe in this case, I'm thinking of. Uh, well, first of all, I'm thinking of what a person would look like after they've been smashed by a stack of barrels. And then I'm thinking about those, like, suction cup things you see to, like, fix a dent on the side of a car. Like, it's like yeah. you would need that but for, the, for his face or something. You know, a collection of, of plungers uh, of varying sizes. And, uh, uh, Gabetto uh, is actually going to kind of, like, tough guy stroll over and be like, I can at least help in a little bit in my own way. And I'm uh, going to... Just kind of slap my hand on the crushed face of this merchant and cast mending on his skull and just try and fix all the fissures in the bone. I'm sure is horrifying. <laughs> that is a great assistance. I th- <laughs> well, I, I think between the two, <laughs> uh, you know, you guys are just are just now uh, working together for the first time, and I think your t- your two efforts result in. Uh, you know Pinky in the Brain? <laughs> How Brain has like kind of a bulbous, like weird head? Like I think yeah. it, it kind of looks like that by the time you're done with him. Uh, so that's the result you achieve here. I'm incredibly positive we can convince anyone that he looked like this before we found him. Absolutely. All he needs is a hat. That's gonna that's gonna be a very large hat. <laughs> When they're done, I'm just gonna, with significantly less confidence, cover him back up. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll show your handiwork to the the people in charge. You know, I mean, the the townspeople will be clamoring to book you for their own post death rituals. I don't do weekends. (laughs) That is not my quest, but thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Let's move. Okay. Um, so do you have any sort of intent on, like, how you're presenting yourselves as you move back into the town? I mean, I think, like, I was assuming, like, confidently, but not, like, returning heroes. Because, like, we don't really know how this guy is perceived in town. Like, would we be considered, like, murderers? Like, he didn't do anything wrong. Or would it be like, oh, yeah, we always knew that guy was a shitbag. Since we don't know. Yeah, because the mayor didn't specifically call out 
this person. They just, she just said yeah. Goblin Raiders. So this could be a surprise. Yeah. yeah. As we're uh, re-entering town, uh, Jim, I just knew, like, did we get a, a drop location or a meetup point? Or a, do we know where we're going? <laughs> I was just going to ask the guards at the gate. Well, so the first thing that happens is um, as you descend from the hill where the cave was, uh, you pass through the um, the smaller beleaguered town of Weatherall, um, where the few remaining inhabitants are, are peeking out of their windows and they see that you've emerged victorious. Maybe they see goblin blood on your, your armor or cloaks or something. Can I give them a thumbs up? Uh, they, they, like, lose their shit. Like a child is playing a tambourine and a man brings a jug and pours you all cups of, of some mysterious clear liquid and makes a toast with you. And actually, from that toast, you all get two temporary hit points. Ooh. Ooh. Despite that, Luke, because of our previous experience with food and drink, I'm gonna like over the shoulder, like. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> uh, Magnus does not get two temporary hit points. That's okay. <laughs> Can I take two glasses and get four temporary hit points? <laughs> yeah, sure. You know what? Roll stealth. Yeah. Or actually, sleight of hand. Let's say sleight of hand specifically. Are you trying to catch what I dumped out behind my back? There it is. <laughs> Uh, 21. Yeah, dude, you, you totally managed to get your hands on a second glass and you get four temporary hit points. Awesome. Yes, and now, and now I'm going to have you guys clamoring for every uh, back hill liquor that you can get your hands on because I've given it a century. <laughs> <laughs> as uh, as Gibetto sips on his, he's going to very loudly and directly looking at Hemo go, Mmm. I especially enjoy how this liquid doesn't leak out of the hole that is no longer in my back. Mm. <laughs> That's my favorite part. And then we're gonna have words later. Uh, I wanna like flip a gold coin to the child since I got so much gold from the Oh, well we know how it goes when uh, Magnus throws things. Well, he's not throwing, he's like doing the cool thumb flip. Yeah, well, you're, you're in luck because the child uh, catches it in her tambourine and looks at you and says, I'll never tell, and puts it in her pocket. <laughs> I find that upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I take I take it you want to uh, proceed down to uh, Occam proper? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay, so you're walking down through the hills. The town itself is obscured by some of the, the taller hills um, on the way down. Uh, you get about a, an hour and a half through your walk and you come around a bend and that is when you see the smoke. <gasps> and uh, as you clear another bend a few minutes later, uh, the town comes into full view and the entire town is burning. And it's especially upsetting because it's not a natural flame that it's burning and it's a uh, purple flames. Whoa. And maybe the most upsetting thing is uh, the thing that you don't see, which is anyone moving in the town. You don't see anyone running away from the town. You don't see a crowd gathered outside of the town. There are no signs of life in this burning city scene. Do we see bodies or anything? Uh, not from this distance. You're still about a mile away. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Seeing the purple flame, I, uh, I immediately go, I'll bet it was a cow. Magical. <laughs> with the words, magic is dangerous. No, none of us know what you're talking. About. 
Um, is the rest of the way uphill or downhill? Or is it like level ground? Uh, it's downhill for the next half mile and then uh, roughly level to until you get to the town. I say we give this thing a push from behind, hop in the back and ride it down. It might cut a couple minutes off. We might be able to get to somebody. Sure. I Climb think it's a fine idea. Absolutely. Okay. All right, Calvin and Hobbs. Uh, so you get in this <laughs> cart. Um, how are you steering it and who is doing so? That was oh, a question. No plan for steering on, on Gebetto's part. That is up to everyone. There's also no plan for pushing on Gebetto's part. Question. Yeah. If Eldritch Blast is a force-based spell, can I use it to, like, steer us? It's a cantrip. I can cast as many times as I want. Okay. Here's how we're going to play this. Hot damn. <laughs> so that's very good. We're going to do a group check here. Um, everybody but Magnus, you can roll either athletics or acrobatics. And this will be you guys leaning into turns. And kind of bobsledding your way down. And then, Magnus, you can grant advantage to one party member from your, the magic stuff you're doing. Okay. Who looks the worst near me? Probably you. I'm going to give you advantage, I guess. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Acrobatics for me is a 18. Okay. Acrobatics for me is a 6. Okay. Uh, very good. So you just barely succeed at uh, steering this down the hill. Uh, yeah, so you guys uh, lean and Eldritch Blast your way down the last few uh, bends of this path and uh, roll to a stop at the city gates, which are on fire, but are open. Are they like, we can't pass through, or just like the gates are on fire? Yeah, like like a um, you know like an archway kind of thing, which is on fire, but you, okay. you could run beneath it. Okay. Is it, sorry, is it a wood or a stone archway? Uh, it is mostly stone, but there's like a guard building on top of the stone that was wood, okay. yeah. Is the stone on fire? No, just the wood. Okay, uh, I, I would like to charge in. Very good. Is Palfrey charging in solo? <laughs> no. Sergio's gonna follow along. Uh, whoever is tall and next to Gibetto, Gibetto's gonna go, look, it really behooves us all if you just grab me. I'm not above it. I am below it. <laughs> I'm going last, so it won't be me. <laughs> He's just going up, up. <laughs> <laughs> I am not charging in the front of the group. Um, I like to keep my range. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not running in towards the front. I'm kind of watching everybody and and sort of skeptically following along. Okay. Well, um, as everyone proceeds through the gate, there's, uh, you're on sort of the main road that would head up towards the market square. And, and as you walk, you don't see any immediate threats, but everything around you that, that can burn is burning. And uh, the, the fire is sort of a violent violet, but uh, you can feel heat coming off of it. Um, so it seems to have the usual properties of fire. And now that you're actually in the town, you start to notice um, there are charred skeletons everywhere. Oh. Can I make a religion check? I can't really do an arcana check, but I could do a religion check to discern if I know anything about these purple flames. Sure. Uh, that's a 15. Sure. Um, so from your time in the Underdark, you would recognize this kind of flame as being not man-made, but humanoid-made. Uh, in fact, you would associate this kind of flame with the drow or dark elves. Oh my god. Jibetto's just kind of like flipping up his sunglasses, looking around. There's, oh, these assholes. Guys, we're in for a rough time. This is, 
This is bad news. How bad? On a scale of 1 to 10, I mean an 11 defies the scale, so probably a 7. <laughs> well, that was quite the journey. <laughs> <laughs> of whom do you speak? This looks like drow doing. Uh, they're a pretty large component back where I'm from. Kind of the ne'er-do-wells. Well, really, there's a lot of ne'er-do-wells. I'm part of the only occasionally do-wells. Uh, it's it's pretty much all ne'er-do-wells all the way down. And it is down, as it is underground. <laughs> I, is everyone following? Yeah, we get it. <laughs> Wonderful. Best thing that's happened all day. Red, loud, and clear. Palfrey's going to say, Excuse me, who is do, doing this? Probably Drow. Uh, uh, no, but, like, not cool. Well, to be fair, I haven't met a ton of elves. I don't know how cool any of them are, but these ones are definitely uncool and um, also evil, mm. typically. I mean, like, I don't want to make sweeping generalizations, but they're all evil. <laughs> can, can they be killed? I'm, I mean... Anything can be killed. Then why are we still standing? Why would they have done a thing like this? Well, you know, they've stopped responding to my messages, so... Uh... <laughs> to your message spells. <laughs> <laughs> you send one out, and you, and you just get back, like, red 3.21 p.m. <laughs> uh, that's the worst. <laughs> and with that, he's just going to go, well, that's all I got. Uh... So, do we notice any sort of um, footprints or tracks or trails leading in any particular direction that uh, we might be able to follow? Um, well, it's it's um, the the marks of, of the festival day are still clear that there's um, fresh cart tracks and footprints all over the place. You do hear some crashing sounds coming from the direction of the market square. Shall we make our way there? Let's go there. Remember, Okay, um, so as you approach there, um, you were in this place earlier this day, and it's almost unrecognizable apart from the stone facades of the buildings are mostly intact, but uh, everything is on fire. And in places you can see it was hot enough to melt some of the weapons that vendors had. And uh, You see a circle of now hollowed out drums. You could barely read the sign of the Stripey Pig Tavern the, uh, the largest burning pile at uh, the uh, livestock pavilion seems to have collapsed, but not entirely, and is rapidly being consumed in flames. Is the uh, weapons vendor, is, is, he, is he gone? Hopefully. Oh, the, the fellow with the rapier? Uh, I mean, there are skeletons everywhere. Okay. Like, uh, can I sneak over to, the, to that table? I want to see if the rapier's still there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so what you find there are, um, actually, you see a glint of something beneath a pile of uh, burning debris. Um, you could make a sleight of hand check to try to get it without taking fire damage. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, that's 16. Yeah, um, yeah, so you, you're able to, uh, I don't know, maybe you use your, your current rapier or something to flip the debris off, and you see a uh, charred skeleton clutching the rapier that you saw earlier. And just to be clear, you've you've walked past other places where you know weapons were being sold, and you have seen like puddles of molten metal on the ground. Like this, this fire is is hot enough to melt weapons, and it did not melt this weapon. Mm. Well, I'm gonna grab it. In the skeleton's hands. Okay, uh, make a strength check. Oh no. 
All right, so funny thing, I have a negative two to strength, uh -huh. and I rolled a two, so that's a zero. <laughs> <laughs> so you're able to pick the rapier up, but the skeleton's grip does not uh, release it. Mm. So the skeleton is very, very much charred. Uh, so you can you can lift it, but there's a skeleton hanging off of this rapier. All right, I shout, can someone help me? That sounds like a win-win, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I was towards the back, so I guess, can I, like, help action, like, hold the skeleton? Yeah, yeah, sure. What, uh, so, Pimlin, why don't you make another strength check with advantage, since... Uh... I don't want to, though. <laughs> oh, with advantage. With All advantage. Right. Oh, man, you're, you're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're getting some help from your, your half-orc buddy there. Yeah, that's true. All right, uh... I have 13. a question. Is my help action impeded if I'm only using one hand because I'm also holding Gibetto <laughs> as requested? Uh, maybe maybe you set him down to, to do this, I think. Okay, I'll set him down next to us. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I'm sorry, what, what did you roll there? 13. 13. Yeah, uh, so uh, in a sickening crunch, uh, the uh, the skeleton's hand uh, just comes apart as you uh, as you pull the rapier, and you are now in possession of this rapier. I oh. thought I told you that was garbage. <laughs> I was just going to say something. What? You said this was a garbage weapon. Look at this thing. It's pristine. Pristine trash. <laughs> I would call that recycling. It's a little odd, though, that it's it's in this good of a condition amongst these purple flames. I mean, we're doing all right. You know what? Quit looking at my rapier. <laughs> I, I sheathe it. <laughs> I like how we both have like small man syndrome, and we're not getting along as characters. It's great. <laughs> I'm not with anyone. <laughs> Are there any buildings that we can see that look like they're only partially burning where there might be someone inside or anything like that? So the like permanent buildings around the square are just like flaming, like full of flames. They are ovens. Yeah. Those seem to be completely destroyed. The livestock pavilion, which was originally very tall, it has collapsed, but the center of it kind of came to a point. Uh, the flames are sort of moving inward toward that. That, that seems like the only untouched area uh, in the square right now. Shall we make our way over there, see if there's yeah, human I'm, or otherwise that we might be able to save? I want to save some of that. I'm going to the group on this one and uh, head towards the livestock one because uh, I care about them. Cool. Um, tell me how you are going to get through the flaming debris to the untouched part. Nimbly. <laughs> That's an adjective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or adverb. <laughs> Do some cool, like, Legolas getting onto the Oliphant, like, parkour. Well, parkour sounds like acrobatics to me. We could just rename the acrobatic skill parkour at this point. <laughs> how, how, heavy, how heavy and numerous is this debris between us and our path? Um, so it's basically a flaming pile of sticks and canvas and animal bones. Could I cast Mage Hand and all that crap away? Uh, I forget what the weight... Uh, yeah, yeah, you're not dealing with rocks or anything. So yeah, we can, we can say Mage Hand from here the way. Alright, go team go. Yeah, cool. Okay, uh, when you get in there, you find a fairly grisly scene. There are some terrified animals that are still stuck inside their pens. And Hemo, um, you recognize one stall, which you visited earlier today, uh, which seems to have mostly collapsed. Okay. I'm going to uh, make my way over to that to see if there's still a, a vendor or an animal alive in the fall. Cool. Um, as you approach, you hear a uh, faint, 
think lowing is the word for when a cow makes a noise. Lowing? Yep. <laughs> so you hear a faint lowing uh, on the other side of some debris. Okay. Uh, uh, I use my javelin to carefully move the debris um, just in case. It might be hot. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, as you clear the debris away, you see two bright eyes surrounded by brilliant multicolored feathers. And actually, as you clear the debris away, this cow begins to float up in the air and actually is sort of heading towards the ceiling, almost out of your reach. Out of my reach. Okay. Huh. Well. Not quite out of your reach, but quickly. You can't make a something and uh, like grab a teeth or something. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think you would think of that, but yeah, of course you would do that. Um, okay. Well, I want this to happen, so that's just going to be what happens. <laughs> um, okay. So, so you grab the cow by the teat uh, and uh, give, give him. Uh, this is a great game. Um, <laughs> Uh, given given the dryness of the atmosphere, it, uh, it does not give forth with any milk, um, uh, much to the relief of all, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, you pull this this cow down, and uh, impaled on one of its horns is a scroll, oh. uh, which which you recognize to be the scroll that its uh, its master was uh, attempting to read earlier. Okay, all right, um, so. I'm not going to take the time to read this right now as the building, the building is, is, is burning and collapsing, right? Yeah. 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 So I'm going to do my, uh, wait, I'm going to escort the cow out of the building the way we came in. Mm -hmm. And then once outside, I'll take a look at the scroll. So, so like, like a child carrying a balloon out of a circus, uh, Hemo <laughs> carries a cow by the teat floating out of this burning tent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll also say, Palfrey, uh, among the, their various uh, sheep and such, uh, you, do, you don't see the flying horse that you saw earlier, um, but you do find a pony. Oh, that's wonderful. I was actually going to ask if, while all that's going on, I know time is of the essence, but if it's possible I could try to get all of the, the living livestock out of the pavilion and to safety, just because I don't want that on my conscience. Yeah, sure. Uh, of course. I will I'm assist right. Palfrey in those efforts. Thank you, sir. Very good. Well, I think two adults can, can sort out uh, getting animals out of the building, so we'll, we'll just have that happen. Um, as you come back out of the pavilion, you hear a similar crash to that which you heard before, um, which actually now you can tell uh, seems to be coming um, from the direction of the smaller square where the fountain is. That's where we all met, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I want to head that way. I do too. Tally ho. I mean, I'm coming with. Yeah, because I've got him. <laughs> By the chainmail, scrap the neck like a kitten. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I have some some rope with me. Uh, oh boy. To make things a little practical, I'm going to use the rope to make you know like a, a leash around the floating cow. Yeah. Uh, and use that to guide it and then move forward. Sounds great. I want to leave the pony hitched to a post or something, if that's possible. Sure. Yeah. Maybe there, there's an area where uh, there doesn't seem to be threat of any further debris catching fire or falling or anything. So perfect. With spots that have already burned out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, what is your marching order as you uh, leave the market square, please? And and by the way, um, the way 5th edition talks about it is in, like, front, middle, and rear ranks. Um, so you can be shoulder to shoulder. We don't have to be, like, single file all the time. Um, so just, you know, who's in the front, who's in the middle, who's in the back? I like to think um, I'm up front. Cool. I'll be in the front. I still have a floating cow, so I'm going to be in the rear. 
I'm also in the rear with Jibetta. Well, somebody's got to be in the middle. Somebody does. <laughs> you hold Jibetta forward. Oh, yeah. In the middle. Yeah, I'll hold Jibetta out in front of me so he's in the middle. <laughs> okay. On this walk, I want to look back at Jibetta and be like, have you no self respect? And then just turn around. <laughs> <laughs> Over the cackle, like the crackling of flames, you just hear very quietly, "Jealousy is not becoming." <laughs> is is Suka in the front, middle, or back? Middle. If the shit hits the fan, you might have to leap out and smack somebody from the. Middle. I will use my arm. Please <laughs> <laughs> never describe it in terms of like punches or slaps. It's just you attack with your arm. With your arm. <laughs> It sounds like someone wandered into like a karate tournament and then is has never seen one before and is trying to describe it to a friend <laughs> later on. Like they were attacking with their arms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, so as you leave the market square and head into the first sub square, you see this. That's a lot of dice. Let me just give you a short tour. Uh, <laughs> what you have here are um, like a you know square shape uh, surrounded by buildings. A really tall stack of boxes here. You have some barrels here. This is a board uh, kind of uh, angled up on a barrel. A pile of debris. A uh, fishmonger's stand with a couple barrels of fish with some water spilling out of them. And then you see three purple flaming ape shapes. All right. Um, Have I ever seen anything like this before? No, actually. The purple flame thing is familiar, but these shapes are not. Yeah. Oh. Jibetta's just going to go, well, this is new and uncomfortable. <laughs> I can kill these perp flips. Perp flips. You ever experience a word that sounds like a slur, but you know it isn't, but it just has <laughs> gross. <laughs> Hey folks, this is Luke Brevort, your host and Dungeon Master, and today I'm speaking to you as the ghost of one of the many thousands of people who were just killed in the name of narrative momentum. Uh, thanks for listening to Session 5 of Vengeance. Our heroes have known each other for less than a day, and just look at all the mischief they've already gotten into. I'll say that you can be sure that the uh, cart riding stunt is just the first of what will be a long line of many similar stunts to come in future episodes. Uh, the show is edited and sound designed by me, Luke Brevort. Our theme song is Castles in Winter by Joel Van Drogenbroek. All other music is by me. The website for my sound work is splendorsound.com. JL Householder does art for the show. You can find their work at jlhouseholder.com. You can follow the show at VengeanceDnd on Twitter, and you can tweet about the show using the Vengeance podcast hashtag. I think that's it. I will let you get back to the episode. Bye. But yes, yeah, so you see three flaming apes. Let's roll some initiative. I have a 23. Damn. Monks, man. I have a six. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at your roll. <laughs> but it was a bad roll. No, it's a bad roll. <laughs> I have an eight. Okay. I had a four. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, 16. Great. Okay. Uh, Suka is up first. All right. Um, 
I prefer really not to attack unless I'm, I'm being attacked. So I want to kind of make for the the fishmonger stand with all the water. I want to see if potentially the water could help quell the flames. Okay. You can get to right about here in that direction. Okay. Um, now, if you wanted to double your, uh, one of the things you can do is dash, double your move. You could get all the way behind it if you wanted to. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Because I don't see myself being able to do anything else useful from that side. So. Okay, cool. Um, okay, Sergio. So I'm going to look at the closest one to me. Okay. Um, and uh, Sergio is going to let his eyes flash just a little bit and whisper the word vengeance. <laughs> okay. And is casting uh, cause fear. Okay. Uh, do I make a saving throw? Uh, wisdom saving throw. Okay. Not there. Strong suit. I, l- I love the idea that someone can control how much they let their eyes flash. Like, I'm just going to give them a tape. Just a little bit. It's a wizard thing, man. Uh, I rolled a 10. Okay. Mechanics, how does this work? Your spell save DC, uh, which would be probably 8 plus your spellcasting ability modifier and your proficiency. Yeah, so that's 12, it looks like. Okay, so uh, he fails. Um, So frightened, you say? Terrified. Cool. Uh, Which means disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls. Oh, and I can't willingly move closer to you. Ooh, very spooky. Okay, Pimlet. All right, so on the right side of the orange, I'm sorry, I'm eating a pie. Um, <laughs> you eat that pie, brother. Seriously. Hashtag COVID, eat the pie. <laughs> it's called stress eating. Yeah. On the right side of the orange die in the middle, is that like debris and stuff? Um, so this is a, uh, this one is standing on a big board, which is sort of uh, angled up on top of this barrel almost in like a seesaw kind of fashion. Oh, okay. Is there a way that I can sneak around? Like, am I short enough in that plank long enough <laughs> that he would like have a hard time in his peripheral vision seeing me? Uh, yeah, you can You can surely give it a try. Uh, with All right. Stealth, stealth check. Let's do it. Ooh, that's a nat 20. Dang, you freaking disappear. Uh, where are you trying to get to here? I want to like get up kind of behind him. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll put you behind this barrel here. Yes. Um, yeah, and that's that's within your move, so you can take a standard action if you want. Can I sneak attack him? I think so. All right, let me do it. Sneak attack's an extra damage, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so. Let me see if I hit him. All right, so I'm gonna use my dagger. Cool. Oh, that's a 14. It hits. Okay, uh, yes, that does hit. Roll me some beautiful damage. That's a 10 for the dagger. And then the sneak attack, I think, is... 1d6, and that's a 6. So, 16 total. So, I've got good news and bad news. Uh, the good news is uh, you you drive your dagger into, let's say, its back, um, mm-hmm. and it lets out a shriek, and its flames immediately extinguish, uh, and it crumples into a pile of ash on the ground. Um, nice. The bad, the bad news is that you take 4 fire damage Ooh. for right. having attacked it, so, you know, basically pushing your hand right into it. It's flames. Well, good thing I'm drunk, so. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, now the bad guys are up. So, uh, Pimlin, you can technically see some stuff, but let's get through the rest of this turn. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so seeing uh, their compatriot attacked, uh, this one's going to come at you, and 
uh, try to bite you with its fiery teeth. Dodging. Uh, uh, it is going to do so. Uh, you take three piercing damage. Three, okay. Three piercing damage. Help! Um, this one is going to run over and attack Suka. Oh, no. And it's going to miss with a swipe of its fiery claws. Uh, this one is going to attack Palfrey and miss also with its fiery claws. Um, you lot back here, which is what, Gebetto, Magnus, and Hemo, uh, make deck saves for me, if you please. I got 13. I got an 18. I got a four. Oh. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess uh, Magnus carrying Gebetto still? Yeah. Uh, Manages to jump out of the way, but Hemo, uh, you take uh, three fire damage as an ape falls or jumps off of this building and onto you with its claws bared. Does anything happen to the cow? Uh, the cow was sort of trailing behind Hemo and uh, was was not uh, hit as part of this attack. Okay. Uh, Palfrey. Well, as imperative as I'm sure it is that we protect the cow, um, <laughs> I I think I'm actually going to just attack the uh, flaming monkey closest to me. Okay. Ooh. And that is a 23. That sure will hit. With the pike, a pike, I will remind you, is a reach weapon. It sure is. Uh, and I rolled uh, nine hit points of damage. Okay, that monkey uh, screeches and like pukes fire and seems not in a good way. Uh, Gebetto. is going to do the opposite of what he did earlier and just kind of go down, down, and squirm out of uh, hands and uh, I don't resist so I guess he can just like force his way out seeing kind of the, the fire and the and the whooshing and the hurting of people after they die you know pull out his crossbow and go this has never failed me before don't know why I shouldn't try this again and take aim at one of the further uh flapes the, the one on Pimlin or the one on Suka? Uh, how far is the one on Suka? Uh, it's it's within your range. Okay. I'm going to assume that Suka can dodge an explosion better, based on what Gebetto has seen so far. Mm -hmm. Oh my. That's an 11. Uh, that is not going to hit. Cool. Uh, the arrow uh, sticks into one of the fish barrels and water begins spilling out onto the square. Um, okay. Now, uh, some stuff is going to happen. Good boy. Uh, you hear a uh, scream from the direction of the fountain and a big, nasty, fiery roar sound. And. Um, Hemo, you feel a jerk at the end of the tether that you have on the cow. And looking up, uh, you see it like it was a pretty large, sort of puffed up cow. Uh, you see it, like, sort of uh, squeeze itself down, and it opens its mouth, and a ray of frost shoots out of its mouth, and striking the uh, the flaming ape right next to you, which uh, it extinguishes one of the ape's arms, and the arm turns into ash and falls to the ground. A ray of what? Frost, which does exist. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 the ruling we came up with is that there's no naturally occurring ice, which, by the way, I've decided what that means is that water in this world has a freezing point of, like, way lower than natural temperatures ever get. So okay. ice can happen, but it takes very, very extreme temperatures. It's like an inter that's an interesting concept. That's actually way cooler than 
what I was expecting, so. And none of the drinks um, were cold. <laughs> Chemo. Okay, so I, uh, I I just saw my cow shoot frost breath at a uh, flaming ape, and that worked. So I'm assuming I still have the scroll uh, that was on its horn. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to take a moment to read that now and see if there is some sort of instructions to make it shoot frost on command. Okay. <laughs> like like a like a, a freezy super soaker in cow form is what you're going for. Basically, yes. Um, are you reading aloud from it or are you just reading it? I suppose right now I'm just skimming it to see if there's something there that would... Uh, like, I, I, I don't know, is this just written as a bunch of stream of words or is there like, shoot frost, say these words? Yeah, um, go ahead and roll Arcana. Okay. Oh, crying out loud. Uh, I rolled a one and I have plus one to make it two. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, you have very, very great confidence that this scroll contains a single charge of the spell Bark Skin. Bark Skin? Yes, you feel very confident about this after rolling a one. Okay. <laughs> okay, what I would like to do is, is uh, disengage and climb up the stack of boxes to see what's up above. Okay, great. Uh, roll athletics for me. Okay. And just, just to note, I'm doing this in the most opposite of parkour way as possible. It's not flashy in any way, like the most efficient, minimalistic uh, approach possible. Yeah, methodical box climbing. Yeah. That is a 12. 12, okay. With a 12, uh, you get to the top of the boxes and uh, you see that uh, you could step onto the roof with your next move, but you didn't quite get all the way up there. Okay. Uh, but you are out of reach. Oh, and I, I guess your cow floats along with you. Yeah. Um, and you're out of reach of the attack of the flaming ape. I've tied the cow like around my waist, like some people do with small children or dogs. And, and that's how I'm keeping him with me. So my hands are free. Uh, just kind of floating there. Okay, great. Uh, Magnus. Okay, I want to turn to Sergio and say, like, can you can you do that hand thing as much as you want, or is that like a one and done? Uh, it's a cantrip. Okay. Uh, I think we could get a real good thing going here. If you want to toss some flaming debris in the air, I could try to Eldritch Blast it at some of these eight boys. Give them a taste of their own mind. I don't know if it'll do anything, but... All you. We gotta give the people a show. I say skeletons are just kind of <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how this works. If I'm trying to get like someone, would it be on his turn? Like, could I hold my action until his turn? Yeah. So you, you could you could you know talking to him is a free action on your turn, but yeah, he could not act until his turn. Okay. Uh, I mean, do you want to? Did you have something else in mind? Because like I can do my own thing, but I think that'd be cool. Could be fun. All right. I'm gonna hold. Uh, I'm gonna hold Eldritch Blast until I see Sergio throw, use Mage Hand to throw stuff. And if he doesn't, then I'll do something else. But I'm gonna hold my hand. Okay, cool. Sounds good. There are enough of you in line of sight of this that I can just clear all this stuff away. So what you see over here is there's a flaming pile of debris blocking an alleyway. Um, and you see um, there's also a narrow staircase leading up onto um, a balcony above a uh, shop front, but it is very much on fire, so it's a very dangerous place to go. Um, I guess technically Pimlin could, is the only one who could see this, but we'll just go ahead and reveal it anyway. Uh, so in the fountain, uh, well, more of a circle than a square, uh, you see, uh, well, roll 
Arcana for me there, Pimlin. All right. Uh, nine. Nine. Okay. Uh, you see a big fuck off, scary humanoid fire thing that's like fifteen feet tall and has huge fists, um, and seems to be engaged in battle with the uh, bigger woman that you saw in the fountain square earlier. Who now has her hood thrown back and appears to be less old and less uh, uh, less beggarly than you saw earlier. Uh, and uh, this huge flaming creature is trying to attack her and she seems to have wrapped herself in some sort of bubble or field of force that its attacks are bouncing off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, it is Suka's turn. Well, I will... Uh... I, I will attack the, the flaming ape that, that attacked me. Okay. And that would be a 25. Uh, that will hit. Oh, not very much. Um, that would be an 8. Okay, it's a pretty big hit. Um, roll, uh, make a dexterity save to see if you get hurt by the fire as you attack it with your arms. <laughs> okay, that would be a 21. Okay, yeah, um, you definitely hit it, but pull your hand away quickly uh, and do not get burned. I would like to use my bonus action, which is an extra unarmed strike. So I will attack okay, yeah. my arm again. My other arm. This time. <laughs> yeah, do it. Uh, that would be a 14. That'll hit. And damage will be a 9. Uh, you uh, hit it in its fiery chest and it uh, explodes in a pile of ash. It dissipates. Sweet. Nicely done. Thank you. Uh, Sergio. I am uh, going to cast Mage Hand to toss a less than 10 pound piece of fiery debris in the air. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll say you grab like a chunk of this flaming barrel. Okay. I want to try to shoot it at the one uh, where Pimlin is. Like that's attacking Pimlin. Okay. Great. Yes. Uh, that would be a. Very good. Very good. Uh, that would be a 23. Okay, yeah, go ahead and roll some damage for me. Okay. That would be... Okay, it's just one point of damage, unfortunately. Okay. Cool. Yeah, um, so, and you get the impression that that damage came almost entirely from the Eldritch Blast itself, and that the, the flaming debris, like, you know, bounced off of it, but didn't seem to hurt very much. Okay, I'm going to turn to the party and be like, guys, the fire doesn't hurt them. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, uh, Luke, real quick, yeah. uh, point of order. I, I forgot to mention this, but technically the little fire gorilla can, at the end of each of its turns, try to roll a save to no longer be afraid of me. It's probably not super relevant at this point, but I just it's, wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, it's only not relevant because it's dead. <laughs> well, there's that, but just... Were, were it alive, I, I would be having lots of fun with it being afraid of me, but it was, it was summarily executed. Uh, Pimlet. So seeing that the guy behind me, or in front of me, wherever around me, uh, is not hurt by the fire, and I am injured, I'm going to backflip over the catapult. Shit. And, like, land on the close to the yellow person. I forget who that is. <laughs> the yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so are you using disengage uh, as your action to escape safely? Oh, yeah, So I want the attack of opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Then that is your action, unless you have anything, any little things you want to do. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I have anything that I can heal with, but I don't. So, that's it. Okay, uh, let's see. This one is going to move towards Suka over here. 
This one is going to attack Trebetto and miss. These guys are big and scary, but uh, not very good at actually hitting you guys. Um, and this one is going to attack Magnus and will hit. Uh, three fire damage to you, Magnus. Uh, Palfrey. Uh, okay, I would like to strike again at the uh, flaming monkey adjacent to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an 11. Uh, that will not hit. Close, okay. but no cigar. Any movement? Uh, no, I'll stay put. Cool. Gebetto. Gebetto is going to mumble and grumble to himself once more into the breach. Load another crossbow bolt and fire at the one that was originally closest to Suka, not the one that had just approached ignoring the one in front of it. Okay. Whichever one was there first and did not just move to approach. I killed it. That one's oh, gone, then, yeah. Oh, then the other one, yes. Okay. I forget that other people are competent. Hey, <laughs> okay, 19. Okay, that'll hit, roll some damage. Oh, uh, that is six piercing damage. Okay. Uh, that one uh, looks very bad off. In fact, uh, one of its legs is blown off. Uh, with that crossbow bowl and it's sort of hopping around but maybe yeah. doing like a scary arms thing <laughs> um, okay you see, uh, who sees this Suka, let's say, Suka and Pimlin can see so this woman sort of had herself in a bubble you begin to see, actually yes, you begin to see um, the bubble expand and there's like an indent on the side facing uh, the big fiery creature almost like it's beginning to wrap around it. Um, and then, Kimo, you hear your your cow kind of make some, like, spasmy noises and doubles in size, almost like a puffer fish. Oh, okay. All right. So the yeah. cow has doubled in size. Yes. Uh, All right. Yeah. If I had a bigger token, I would put it there. <laughs> uh, and it is your turn, Kimo. All right, so uh, I have some serious doubts about my earlier translation of this of this poem or scroll I read. Huh. So I'd like to try and read it again. Sure. Um, and I'll say if you spend like your whole turn doing this, basically, I'll give you advantage on the roll. Uh, yeah, I think I'll spend my turn doing it. I think it's worth it. Okay. Okay. And this is Arcana. Yes. Uh, I guess it'll have to go with a ten. Ten. Okay. Um, yeah, so you actually do confirm uh, your earlier suspicion that it is uh, the spell Barkskin. You also recognize the spell Minor Illusion. But what's weird is it's almost like those spells are in among other words. It's like a paragraph that has those spells in it, but then there are other words surrounding them. Okay. Well, I guess that's my turn. Cool. Uh, Magnus. I would like to uh, take out my hand axe. And bring it its legs like I'm trying to chop down a tree. Okay. Uh, that would be a 23 to hit. That'll hit. Okay. Yeah. I have a plus five. Oh my god. That is uh, just one damage again. <laughs> it's not just one damage because it's plus your strength modifiers. So it's four damage. Oh, four damage. Okay. Yeah, so uh, you sweep its legs out from under it, and uh, the legs go careening off back into the market square, and uh, it falls to the ground and explodes in a pile of ash. Yes. Uh, Suka. Um, I would like to. Is that is that that's a table in front of me, right? Yeah, it's a uh, sort of like a 
maybe like a rolling stand with like a canvas uh, little roof over it. Is it something I can jump on top of? For sure. Okay, I'd like to jump on top of it and I would like to use my legs to attack. <laughs> so I'm gonna kick I'm gonna kick the thing in front of me. Okay, cool. And that would be an eighteen. Okay, that'll hit. Roll some leg damage. That would be a nine. Okay, uh you kick it let's say you kick it uh in the head and it having only one leg left, it quickly loses its balance and falls headfirst into a barrel of fish and uh, steam shoots up and it is extinguished and is done. Uh, Sergio. So I'm going to point at the last creature and it hears the sound of a bell in the distance. I'm casting Toll the Dead, which is one of my uh, cantrips. Okay, what on earth does that do? So it uh, must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or take 1d8 necrotic damage. However, if the creature is already hurt, it takes 1d12 necrotic damage. Uh, it is already hurt and it failed its wisdom save, so uh, it takes the larger damage. So that is uh, 9 necrotic damage. So you killed it. Can you tell me what this looks like, please? Yes. So... As mentioned before, eyes flash a little bit, maybe a little green in there, perhaps. They get a little green, you know. And all of a sudden, it just starts to disintegrate in the most painful way as every nerve ending gets eaten up into little bitty pieces and this essentially atomized. Wow. That's brutal. Yowza. <laughs> Not a good way to go. You're really great at parties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pimlin. All right, I'm going to run to the fountain. Okay. And is there still water in there? Yes. All right, I am going to shove my rapier. I have a rapier, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to shove my rapier. You have two. Yeah. Not the nice one. Okay. I just picked up, but... Uh, I'm going to shove it in the water. Okay. And as I'm doing that, I'm going to walk around towards the creature with that, that circle around me. Okay. But keeping the rapier in there. Keep it, making sure it's wet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, so this fellow, um, Pinlet, it is going to, re it notices you. Oh, uh, no. it, is, it is going to uh, reach down a hand and try to grab you. Uh, make a deck save. Uh, it's a 15. Okay, uh, you manage to jump out of the way as it attempts to grab you. With its other hand, it's going to form a huge fiery fist and uh, punch the edge of this sort of force field uh, bubble between it and the woman. Uh, but its hand bounces off. Uh, it doesn't seem to have any effect. Uh, Alfred. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to uh, lunge forth and try to stab it in the, in the in what I take to be its heart. Okay, great. Uh, go ahead and roll there. A 16. Okay. Um, your pike jabs into it. Uh, roll damage. Uh, six damage. Okay. Uh, it hurts it, but uh, it doesn't seem especially bothered by that attack. Okay. Uh, Gebetto. Uh, Gebetto is going to stroll kind of into the square and maybe look off to where everybody is running. <laughs> Again, he can only move 25 feet. Yeah, that gets you like here-ish. Ah, uh, 
it, it's not really great to line up a shot, is it? It's no, it's not great. I'm only three feet, so skid over my head. <laughs> uh, can I eat, like that corner is totally in the way of his shot, isn't it? Uh, I would say um, you would have disadvantage on the shot. Yeah, I'm gonna try for it. Okay. I'm gonna, yeah, thing that I did last time, where I'm just gonna try and gunslinger it with the lever action crossbow and just every ten steps take a shot. This will be the first. It was bad. It's an eleven. Yeah, your crossbow bolt glances off the fountain and uh, does not hit your, <laughs> your target. In in reassuring as much as he can, Tones, he's just gonna go. Don't don't worry. I'm coming. I'm I'm closing the gap. I'll be there in just a moment. Kind of hold it focused for a moment. It's. I'm, you look like you've got it, but I really just want to make sure. The uh, the huge fiery figure uh, roars. Note taken. Um, okay, you see the woman straining greatly and uh, seems to be attempting to increase the size of the force field, um, and it briefly expands, but then contracts to about the same diameter. Uh, Hemo. Yeah, okay, so uh, with my, my free action, I'm going to take this, this scroll I've been trying to read, roll it up, and put it in my backpack with a look on my face that says, I give them up, I, I'm not trying this anymore, kind of asserts my disdain for magic. And then, uh, as like rigidly as health possible, uh, I'm going to take a step onto the roof. Okay. And I want you guys to picture the absurdity of this situation. I am a rigid elf moving very sturdy and standing upright with a cow bouncing. <laughs> um, bouncing away. Um, and good. <laughs> from there, I, I would imagine I can see the 14 foot tall. Uh, Bad guy. Yeah, so um, you're, you're on the top of a building uh, that the in, the interior of which is on fire. Um, there are a couple okay. of windows where flames are shooting out, but the roof itself is not a dangerous place to be currently. Um, okay. So yeah, you, you can see over the edge. All right, in that case, I'd like to uh, take a shot at, uh, draw an arrow, take a shot. Yeah, fire away. Uh, 21. Okay, that will hit. Go ahead and roll some damage. All right, long move, 1d8. Uh, 11. Cool. Uh, it roars in pain. Magnus. Uh, I need to get um, as far towards like the fountain as I can from where mm-hmm. I am. I have 35. You can get about 10 feet more than Jibetta, I think. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Uh, I'm going to see this big beastie boy. Uh, I'm going to try to cast Mind Sliver on it. Uh, so it needs to make an intelligence saving throw. Okay. No, sir. That's a fail. Okay. <laughs> uh, then it'll take... Uh, it takes four damage. Cool. If it has to make a saving throw before the end of my next turn, just let me know, because then there's a thing it has to do. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Suka. Um, so I can only move 30 feet. Um, mm-hmm. I'm able to do something kind of acrobatic to get further. <laughs> Uh, so you could you could dash you could you could double your movement but you wouldn't be able to take any other actions. Yeah. Okay. Um, you could do something acrobatic and just move the same distance. Seems <laughs> <laughs> unnecessary. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess since I'm so far away and everyone else is already there, I'm just going to like tend to the environment around me. I guess I'll try to like put out some of these little fires. Okay. 
So, I, I would like to take one of those barrels of water with me. That seems helpful. Yeah, um, I, let's let's say you're able to uh, huck a barrel over there and uh, you're, you're able to extinguish about half the flames in that area. Cool, all right. I'm satisfied with that. I'm working on it, everyone. Yeah, working in the backfield. Uh, Sergio. Uh, can I move in such a way that I can see the creature? Uh, yeah, sure. I don't think I can see it right now. Yeah, you can poke around the corner here. All right, Sergio crosses his wrists together and mm. casts Magic Missile. Yeah, first Magic Missile of the campaign. Fire away. Yes, yeah, so three of them, 1d4 plus one, I think is what it says. So cool. That's five, mm-hmm. four, and four. Thirteen. Okay, cool. Uh, All right. Um, so with my wet rapier, I'm going to stab the guy. <laughs> I forgot that was happening. Okay. <laughs> yeah, give it a stab. Ooh, that's a net 20. Dang. So 20, 27 to hit. Yeah, uh, that'll sure hit. Thirteen? Uh, yeah, and I'm trying to remember, uh, you roll damage dice twice on a crit. You. Uh, nine. Second roll. Okay. 22 altogether. Okay. Uh, that's a big fat hit. And, uh, actually, you get the impression that it is more, slightly more damaged than that. I mean, you didn't move a large quantity of water with your rapier. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but water was involved, so that, that is a positive. Yeah. It displaced the flames, so I was able to get yeah. to it easier. Put, put it this yeah. way your rapier didn't melt. Um, and actually, uh, that it's it's such a strong strike in uh, in its side that it um, it actually starts to lose its balance and its concentration. And that seems to be just the opportunity that the woman needed. Um, and with a final effort, um, she she strains and pushes her arms forward, and basically the bubble around her turns inside out and enlarges and wraps around this thing which, uh, with enough of you in the room, one of you, probably Sergio, uh, would recognize this as a fire element. And this thing is screaming as it's enveloped in this bubble, and now you see this woman with her hands out in front of her, her hands are glowing the same color as the field of force, and she begins to move the creature inside of this force field, and she's actually reducing it in such, she seems to be like squeezing it inside this bubble, and it's screaming, and goes from sort of a flame appearance to like a roiling magma and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and actually moves into the fountain and in an instant all the water in the fountain turns into steam and shoots up in the air and finally it reduces all the way down and is pressed into a large coin that was in the fountain and the coin fizzles and shakes and finally stops moving and goes dim and the woman collapses and we'll end our session there. Nah. Darn it. <laughs> nice. Love a good wet rapier. <laughs> it, did I crit or did I crit? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Cool. cool. Um, Great work, everybody. Yeah. All right. All right. Good session, guys. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Bye.